Like Retribution, I'm here to destroy the show from within by becoming its champion. And as the kids on the internet would say, he's got the cake. I wish you wouldn't have said that, Chuck. (laughs) (laughs) This is the saddest episode of the show ever. (laughs) Neither of you know what is going on. Erica, we need you. If you're listening. Um, After that finger point of doom of a round, we have Nate with six points and Shawnee and Justin with one. I guess thank God for Hubert. Thanks for adding pressure. Um... I took away the pressure, you asshole. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the One Fall Show. The podcast that is not only a conversation between friends about professional wrestling, but also a quiz show. I am your host, Shawnee Constant, back once again to assert my dominance over this circus before the clowns spill out into the streets. But before we introduce that said cast of bozos, let me please introduce to you the woman who I am told is the match who lights the fuse. Erica Bannis. How are you doing today, Erica? That was a lot of descriptive language in a very short period of time. I'm a little thrown off, but I feel good. I feel good. You you had clowns, you had fire. I mean, what more could you want? Clowns on fire. There you go. Do matches light fuses? Pardon? I said, do matches light fuses? That's a new one for me. Look, it's post WrestleMania. We're trying our best. I suppose I'm thinking of an electrical fuse. Right. Yes. I don't know what kind of C4 factory you are operating out of that palatial (laughs) entertainment complex you have there, but uh, please warn the doorman. Let us introduce you, the champion of our show. Um, I don't know how many times is it now? Two, three, somewhere between. 12 and a thousand times uh nate bender god damn right i i'm here wrestlemania was a thing it was (laughs) and uh speaking of things in wrestlemania let me introduce to you uh, our newest uh member of the panel the second week of his appearance uh in that role mr chizuk bean how are you doing today chuck are you ready to play the game I am absolutely ready to play the game. I've uh, watched an entire week of wrestling and uh, hopefully looking to dethrone the champ and put that pretty belt around my waist for the first time. Outstanding. And speaking of pretty, Justin Valentine, how are you doing today, sir? Yeah, <laughs> one week of lots of podcasts. Yes, it was a very long week, a lot of wrestling, a lot of podcasting. And right before we came on, I cannot whistle. I accidentally whistled and I can't figure out how I did it. (laughs) Well, I took a deep breath and then when I, you know, when I let out, it was a whistle. And then I can't figure out how I did it. So if you, if you hear me blowing into the mic, just know I'm trying to whistle. Shares off to a great start. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Make sure to tell your friends. <laughs> Justin's having an eventful week. <laughs> yes. As people who are returning uh, from having heard our show before, our show is fairly simple. We have three rounds with three questions each. 
We will go around the room, uh, accumulating points, which Erica will keep track of. And uh, we will finish the show with a final question in the final fall category. Uh, today, we are going to try to keep it fairly simple. We're going to go with uh, TakeOver as a category, WrestleMania as a category, and uh, last week's AEW Dynamite. How does that sound, everybody? Hell yeah. I like it. Oh, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> We're going to throw it to you, Nate. Because nice. God knows that we want these ratings to spike, and we're going to seize right into that energy you've got, and we're going to bring it to our audience. Right, you got to start with the star category. Would you like to start with? Oh, I get to choose now. I'm going to let you this week. I'm going to let you this week. Next week, I may pull that right out from under you. All right, let's start hot with WrestleMania then. All right, we're going to start with WrestleMania. Nate, for one point. Name the worst opening match in the history of WrestleMania. Uh, that would be uh, the night two opening match between The Fiend and Randy Orton. That is correct. Oh, questions are in the 37 years of WrestleMania, have you seen an opening match with a more disappointing finish? I was just listening to Brian Alvarez, and the way that he laid it out was fucking perfect. Okay. Peacock is not just this, you know, uh, nebulous uh, streaming platform that you go have to go and, you know, sign up for. Right. It's tied to cable packages like Cox and Comcast. So not only are NBC trying to spike their numbers with this WWE deal, there's millions of households that could be surfing their box and going, oh, Oh, you know what? WrestleMania. I, I watched this as a kid. I I can see it for free. I don't even have to. I don't have to pay anything for it. This is fantastic. And they sit down and they tune in, and they see this. What the fuck was any of that? This is a blood feud that was uh, you know like. Whose, whose pinnacle was a man being burned alive in a ring. And they went out there and they had a wrestling match. What the fuck? Randy Orton wins with an RKO and it just disappears. I mean, listen, the Alexa Bliss stuff and, and you know, getting Papa Shango'd, that was to be expected in the world of bizarre stupidity that is the fiend what didn't make sense was what happened in the ring at all at all at all i mean the fiend no sold everything but stays down for an rko what the actual fuck is happening with this story and I mean, how is anyone, much less someone tuning into WrestleMania for maybe the first time in years, supposed to be sold to watch the rest of the show by this? It was insane to put it on first. Absolutely insane. You bury this thing. If this is the way it's going to go, you bury this thing in a piss break spot at best. Like, it, this was absolutely fucking ludicrous i agree it was ludicrous it, it felt like this should have been like in the the kicking off the second half of like fast lane 
it, it felt like a transitional spot into something bigger and better, except for you're on the grandest stage of them all. Yeah. Uh, Chuck, you and I, we are both into the spooky bullshit. I was yes. into it. I was liking what was happening. I liked the uh, the box-like structure, uh, which um, <laughs> most people, I think, was clearly recognizable as a jack-in-the-box. Uh, but <laughs> it was a Bray in the box. Not not the the commentary team. They were they were struggling with that. Um, I, then the red lights were on and I'm like, okay, we're, we're sort of doing a, a reset. This was the first time we saw the fiend wrestle. There was the red light. So what's going to sure. happen. That's going to change this up. We're just going to end it early. Were you disappointed by this? Or are you, are you just accepting the way the fiend storytelling is clearly going to be handled until the end of time? Honestly, my knee jerk reaction when he lost to an RKO was to be disappointed, but I loved basically everything about this match i loved the uh i i loved that uh before he came out there was the effect where he burned off the burned part like a shed it like a snake and became the new fiend i wanted that ever since the burn fiend came out and i got it i was super excited about that alexa was completely at the top of her game especially with the uh finish to the match and i think Yes, watching Bray Wyatt lose again is disappointing. However, what I want out of any segment with The Fiend is to be creeped out and to have questions about where is this going next? And that's exactly what I got out of this. I'm now The Fiend has to deal with whatever is going on with Alexa. And maybe this person that he is possessed and brought into this evil world is even more evil than he is. And hey, maybe he'll have to uh, maybe he'll have to ask Randy Orton for a little help to get Alexa exercised of Sister Abigail. I'm excited. Justin, do you get the impression that Randy Orton is as done with this as many of the fans are? You know, you've got this what's supposed to be the end of a death, uh, you know, a blood feud. And he's he's cracking, <clears throat> slipping on the ramp jokes as he makes his way to the ring to start off night two. As uh, I would say, you're sort of a, something of a purist. You approach it from the sports entertainment angle, the sports angle. Yeah. Did you did you like seeing? Did you notice that? And do you like seeing that? Do you want to see Rand, uh, Randy Orton doing something different, pivoting out of this? I think Randy Orton should be done with this storyline. Do I think he's personally done with it? No, I think he loves this kind of shit. This is the second time he's been involved with Bray Wyatt in his career. He even teamed with him. There's And trust me, Randy Orton is somebody that he has a say in what the fuck he's doing back there. He He's in this because he wants to be. If he didn't want to be, this would not have gone on for six months. Uh, I enjoyed the match. I didn't like that. It, I was weirded out that it started off tonight. I was weirded out that it took one RKO. I would have been okay if it maybe two, three in a row. Maybe have the Fiend take three or four in a row. Get back up, take another, get back up, take another, and then he's down. That would have made it a little better. Um, I'll be disappointed that this is the end of Alexa's run in this world. I'm not saying it is, but that's where my disappointment will come in because she is a superstar in this role. Uh, so as long as she's sticking around in some capacity in the storyline, I don't hate this as much as a lot of people do. I have a, I have a question in the, in the build to this match, uh, am I crazy or did the fiend get RKO'd and immediately pop back up and then point at the WrestleMania sign? Was that not a thing that had happened at, uh, on raw at some point? I don't think so. I'm pretty I, sure I, it did. 
I don't. That's not that's or not fast really lane problem. or one of those because like he ate an RKO and then got up immediately at some point in the build to this match. That's so something. logically, it doesn't make sense for for an RKO to be the thing that puts him under. Well, if we're gonna I mean, argue any amount of logic in this at all, well, if we're gonna argue that, then you could pull the story of he was shocked by whatever the hell was going on with Alexa. Yeah, which played a role in him losing the match. Yeah, I feel like he clearly. What what we all saw Alexa with with the crown and the the ooze was something that impacted him in a very personal way. But again, that's not the WrestleMania story. That's yeah. once again saying, "Boy, you haven't seen anything yet." And how yeah. long can you continue to do that? Are we going to do this for an, another entire year before we finally get to see the match that we're waiting to see? They made it- a gigantic jack in the box. If you weren't going to do something awesome here yeah like johnny made a great point like when when are you gonna quit giving me blue balls and just do it sure. like this is sure. fucking ridiculous did do you have some erica yeah uh to, to echo i guess the blue balls comment uh you know it, it just the the match was what it was i wasn't exactly surprised by what i saw but i was anticipating that we would get some sort of conclusion Sure. to the spooky bullshit um the fact that it's still yet again a see what happens next it's like okay look we've been you know once again i have championed long-form storytelling um i'm a big fan but there everything must come to an end and this would have been the logical ending at wrestlemania for some sort of some sort of closure, something. I just got ooze in, in a crown. And yeah. like, that's fine. That's 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 fair enough. Um, but it just, I, I, I don't know. I, I guess I just wanted more. Um, and well, it, was, and, it, it was what it was. And the danger is kind of being, you know, like that got booed out of the building. There's there's no way there's no way that the people on the creative team didn't notice the way that fans actually reacted to this. And I'm forgive me if I'm wrong and I might be wrong, but previous to the pandemic, the fiend was getting booed out of buildings for having horrible main event matches. So, so at, but at some point, at some point creative or Vince McMahon is going to put two and two together. And instead of getting a, closure to the storyline it's going to peter out which is maybe the worst thing that you could do to this after investing so much screen time and so much special effects to this gimmick to just have it sort of peter out and move bray onto something else or some other gimmick or you know whatever that isn't that the worst case scenario and aren't we sort of dangerously close to that point i can see that there's a couple of things i wanted to talk about with this match before we move on to the rest of the show this is only the first question um the first one being uh it brought me to tears to see bray wyatt give the luke harper yeah 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 that was an excellent touch um, also, shout out to Tom Savini and his crew for making the box, the new fiend stuff, and the crown for Alexa. Uh, they mm-hmm. they revealed on Twitter today, like all that yeah. shit looked top notch uh, in a live capacity. And the only other thing I really want to say about it is, 
yes, WrestleMania is typically the end point for a lot of storytelling, but it's also in a way like you don't want to blow all of your stuff at WrestleMania because you do have a, you do have a show the next night and you do have a pay-per-view three or four weeks from there. And I can see them deciding out of all the things, and we'll get into some of the other things that happened at WrestleMania. And I think this might pertain to them too, looking at the card and being like, okay, that comes to an end, that comes to an end, but we got to hold this, this, and this for backlash. Well, and before we move on, I apologize. Two things. Number one, we're talking about it being the end. This could be the end of The Fiend and Randy Orton. And now we're going to focus on The Fiend and Alexa Bliss and whatever the hell that is. And the second thing is The Fiend has been booed. I haven't gotten the impression it's The Fiend getting booed. It's his booking. It's the fact that he's losing. It's the way the the matches are ending. The Seth Rollins debacle in Hell in a Cell and everything like that. It's people want to see him be pushed as high as possible because they love the Fiend character so much. And he keeps losing big matches, horrible finishes that anything but winning and dominating the way they want him to. I can see see Nate's point, though, too, that like, yes, from our standpoint, we're booing the fact that the Fiend just disappeared. and We got no closure to anything that happened or the Hell in a Cell thing. But the people backstage yeah. might not look at it as, well, the only thing we haven't done is let him win or have a good finish. They'll just look at it as people fucking hate this. We need to we need to stop. It, yeah. And and that was going to be exactly my point. And, and Justin, you may be exactly right. But the question is, is that do the people backstage and do the people who make the decisions creatively, will they understand that nuance and right. the, the, historic if you know, if history is to be believed, uh, the answer is no. Yeah. Yeah. I just felt that we didn't get good storytelling there. We got story elements, but we didn't even get a, an arc. Yeah. Uh, you know, we got five star, bull, uh, five star spooky. Everyone loved that. The f- we uh, came with five star bullshit and uh, it was very disappointing. <laughs> <laughs> they go, All right, Nate, we're going to move on here and I'm going to give you the next question in the WrestleMania category as you carry the, the 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 category here um is the category a box like structure (laughs) chuck i'm sorry there's a reason you've been demoted i'm sorry i'll mute my mic please continue thank you well, uh, we saw in the uh, Friday night SmackDown this this year, which served as something of a go-home show, something of uh, night one, the Andre the Giant Memorial Battle Royal. Who was the new winner? And are you looking forward to their reign with the giant golden trophy? Uh, that would be main event Jey Uso. And uh, uh, do they... Do they get a rain? I don't like, is this, is this a particular accolade? Are we ever going to hear about it again? Do Are they just going to, are they just going to dolly out the trophy once a year? And then they put it back into the, the, the warehouse in Stanford. Does Jay Uso get to take that home and display it in his house? I don't know. I don't think so. I don't think anyone cares. Did you know that it had a plaque on the front of it? I didn't not until they zoomed in on it. They so no, this doesn't mean anything. Well, he, he's for sure going to lord it over Jimmy. There's no doubt about that because they're twins, and why wouldn't you? 
Um, I think though, yeah, the, you, you started to answer the question that I had. So I'm going to pass it over to you, Justin is, do they use this for something or is this just sort of a piece of bling that you throw into, um, you know, team scoot and Roman reigns head of the yeah. table club. <laughs> team scoot. I love it. Uh, I think they use it only to add to the un the nickname of main event Jay Uso that is a hundred percent unnecessary. Um, the guy loses every one-on-one match that he is in, and they think he's a main event guy because he's backing up Roman Reigns. He looks like uh, he looks like Roman's bitch because he loses every time he gets talked down to, but yet he continues to support him. They could be writing him as Roman's backup so much better. I don't hate that he's Roman's backup, but why do we have to have Roman talk down to him, him him constantly lose, and him be okay with that and stick around and still help Roman? That makes him look real bad. Why can't it just be a badass, I got my family's back kind of vibe, not bow down and get talked down and slapped around by Roman and such? So they'll use this to add to the main event nickname, you know, Paul Heyman will add that. Roman will add that to when they talk about him in promos. And that's about it. They're sticking this around till Jimmy's healthy to come back and they can do something with the Usos. And that should be it. That's my question is if Jay is main event Uso, then what is Jimmy going to end up being? Yeah. Also, not to drag us back into territory we've already covered, but like if Jay Uso loses all his one-on-one matches, can we make a perpetual motion machine by sticking him in a one-on-one with Bray Wyatt? <laughs> well someone's got a win in that case I, right <laughs> it'll be like, a double like... count out you know they do double count <laughs> <laughs> all right let's go on to the three-point question in the wrestlemania category nate you still control the board uh wrestlemania 37 marked the first time that we haven't seen john cena since which wrestlemania that's actually that's a really good question. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, I'm gonna guess because this is, I'm gonna have to just throw a, a dart at a chalkboard. WrestleMania 19. I'm sorry, you are close, but that is not the correct answer. Huh. Justin, you want to take a crack at this one? Yes, I think I know the answer, too. I believe it's WrestleMania 18. That is correct. 2002. The last time that we've had a WrestleMania without John Cena. Uh, No John Cena, no Brock Lesnar. Did uh, we miss that star power in this? Or was that not one of the problems um, that you may have found with WrestleMania this year? No, that you know what? That was a relief. I saw a lot of that heading in. No Triple H, no Brock Lesnar, no Undertaker, no John Cena. Not that any of them are bad, of course, right? But I want to focus on, and and this is the point I make when we get celebrities involved. I want to focus on the superstars of today. I want them to get their moments. I want them to get their time to shine. I want them to prove whether or not they belong. And this is their time to do that. So when you have a Triple H who is still good, right? Taker still gets a pop. Cena still loved by a lot. Sure. But we've seen all of that. Plus, they're old. 
they can't go as much, right? So putting them in a WrestleMania match is great for the story leading in, for the poster, but when the actual match comes together, it's shit. When Undertaker and John Cena faced each other a couple years ago, that was garbage. The story leading up to it was great, but the match itself was garbage. So no, it wasn't missed at all by me. Anyone else miss John Cena? I did. Oh, I, I, John, out of that list of people that we did not see at WrestleMania this year, John Cena is probably at the top of like, I could have used him, but also uh, if three or four of those names had been at WrestleMania, would Cesaro have gotten a match? Great point. Great point. Uh, And, and, and by the way, Cesaro, like, and Seth Rollins, like one of the absolute highlights of uh, WrestleMania for me, Um, you know, I think that, while there was a lot of uh, shit, um, I think it was uh, it, it would there was definitely some redeeming uh, matches uh, on the, the whole show. Uh, Bianca going over was just that was a that was an excellent. I think day one was a lot stronger than day two, yep. despite a lot of the weather problems. Uh, but Bianca going over Seth and uh, and Cesaro um you know, I just I, I think that there was there was a lot of really, really good stuff here. Uh, even Drew and Bobby Lashley, I you know, I was surprised at the outcome, but I was like, you know what? That was really good. I like yeah. that. And Bobby looks great uh, as as the champion. Um, I, I like it. I think he's a, he's a good heel. My one criticism for that whole thing is if you knew that Lashley was going over why in the world did you break up the hurt business? Yep. That's my what that's my one sort of stickler in the whole thing is that I think if he had gone out there with the with all three dudes flanking him that he would have just looked fucking over the top awesome. Yeah. Um that was I think that's you know that's sort of the the one negative in that whole thing. Um you know I I I don't think you need a, a John Cena. I don't think you need a Triple H, uh, you know, and, and everyone had said that, you know, Triple H's mania appearances really served his own ego more than to serve the, the audience. And I think that that was that was absolutely apparent. I think this was maybe for the first time in a really long time, there was actually some generational torches being passed. And that was really nice to see. Yeah, I thought there were a lot of good matches. Go ahead, Erica. Uh, yeah, to to further Nate's point, it it I really feel like Triple H more wanted a big entrance because, as we have discussed in the past, he is just a frustrated drama kid at heart, and that's just that Triple H is gonna he, he's gonna want to put on a mask and put get on a big adult sized tricycle and zoom on his way to the ring. And that's, that's him. And, and once again, I, I concur with Nate, um, you know, the, the, the whole passing of the torch, uh, I don't know if there was any big moments with that, but it, it always seems like every time we get to WrestleMania, there's that, there's that frust that, that obsession with, we got to have someone big. We got to have, got to have this guy. We have to have this person, blah, 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 blah. It's like, you don't, it doesn't have to be that way. No taker. Your this roster year. is, you're no taker. Your roster is amazing. Yeah. There, 
you know, there's so much talent there. You don't need to bring in a part-timer or a Ronda Rousey or somebody like that. Like, you know, th- thank God there wasn't a Ronda Rousey because that Bianca Usher match, that one-on-one was incredible. It yeah. didn't need, it didn't need anyone else. It, you can just rely on your everyday talent. Yeah. What a concept. The 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 hair whip popped me at home, like literally yes. like I, I I literally stood up and went, oh, my God, uh, it's very rare that anything gets me to to do that anymore. Um, I think MVP of the whole thing uh, maybe bad bunny for just, you know, like what a fucking first performance and at mania, too. Yeah. Um, you, you know, you could see even see Logan Paul was like, what the fuck? Like he had never been in a situation like that. And for Bad Bunny to just go out there and own it, man, that was fucking cool. And uh, I got to say, I was so impressed by uh, Omos that yeah. like they have him working like a giant and like a proper giant. And I, that was actually a really fun match. I really enjoyed yeah. that. I will say too, and I know everyone here will agree with me on this. Bianca Belair breaking down into tears before the match even started yeah. had me in tears. Yeah. And Sasha, the video of Sasha smiling while Bianca outside the ring, while Bianca is celebrating is the most genuine, wholesome, real thing you will see. If you haven't seen it, please go find that video. I loved everything about that. How fun was it when Bianca's dad, he starts to jump over the barricade and like midair realizes, oh, wait, I'm jumping over a barricade and sort of like somehow holds himself back. That was just yeah. my, was amazing. My, and and just one little because I saw I saw that it happened after uh, the cameras went off, but I would have loved to see Tez run down and yes. and give her a hug in the ring. I would have liked for that to actually happen on the pay-per-view um it was cool to see afterwards but like uh i thought that was a really really cool moment i think he probably wanted her to have the moment for herself and and, and understandably so but like those two together i love them as people i love them as wrestlers i hope they get to do more kind of stuff together down the line i'm sure it'll happen uh, but yeah, it just, I mean, yeah, day, day one, night one ended on such a, an incredible note. Incredible. Well, well, especially with the screen prop, it's not even on WrestleMania. Right. Yeah. I would have liked that. To yeah. Be on getting the their SmackDown yeah. match instead. Yeah. I think um, that the real, was... I think the real MVP this year is the genuine emotion of the wrestlers for having a live crowd again yeah. you saw almost we, we talked about randy orton kind of goofing on the ramp and you saw Sami Zayn get super pumped so many of the wrestlers were like it's been over a year since i've gotten this adrenaline rush and jesus have i missed it and that yeah. was really the highlights of a lot of this year's match and i i don't I don't want to diminish anything like the Bianca Belair uh, victory or the Rhea Ripley victory or any of the other cool things that happened over this weekend, but I don't know that we would have been as emotionally moved by them if we'd have gotten a normal WrestleMania last year. It would have still been cool, but I don't know that we would have been as genuinely, oh my God, this is such a big moment about so many of these things, if not for the fact that we also haven't gotten a genuine WrestleMania in over a year. So 
Is it safe to say we're still all on the fence with the two night WrestleMania thing? No, I love it. Okay. I think it's great. interesting. I'd, I'd rather two nights than sit through because it put it together, right? To get all those moments and matches in one night, we would have been through sitting through either a a six hour WrestleMania yeah. or B. You cut a lot of those moments and matches in half, and yep. you're not. And those matches were already at a decent pace and quick, quicker than usual, which I, I'm not complaining about it. But it was already a decent pace. If you put that in one night, it's either a we're either watching wrestling from six p.m. to two a.m. or we are cutting those matches in half, and they're not getting the full storytelling that we got from a Bianca and Sasha and such. Just Erica. never, never forget the fact that when you had Charlotte, Becky, and Ronda Rousey main eventing WrestleMania a couple of years back. Uh, I mean, sure, that ending was a little wonky and whatnot, but mm. that pop should have been massive. And yeah. I mean, one, yes, the ending, the the pin was a little questionable at best. Uh, but people like when you sit outside all day, just like you get tired. They were tired. And, and, and hopefully, yeah, hopefully they keep it at two days always. Even with the rain delay, I couldn't tell any of those matches had been edited. Because me and Will were sitting around going, I, I you know, I, I bet it's going to be the women's tag uh, uh, eliminator. That's going to like there's going to be one team that just gets in and gets out really fast. Right. And it didn't happen. It didn't, it, you know, because they had kind of the room to breathe between the two nights. I feel like, you know, it, 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 I'm sure it, there was absolute panic and consternation backstage. But it's not as bad as it could have been. I don't think that the end product or the in-ring product ended up suffering outside of maybe Mandy Rose's tailbone uh, <laughs> for it. You know, poor thing. AJ she took it like too. a champ, though. She did. No she, she's about been... AJ Styles. AJ Styles slipped too, and no one's talking about him. Yep. No, she took it like a champ. And I'm glad you brought up the Eliminator too, because that was another genuine, like, emotional moment when Tamina broke down after getting to do the uh, the Superfly splash yep. off the top rope. That was uh, that was pretty good. That was pretty cool. I I was really rooting for the Ride Squad, though. Oh, me too. And yeah. they had they may have had the best gear all weekend. Yes. Sexy Muscle Friends, not the best gear all weekend. No. Bit of a. Uh bit of a challenge for half of that team that was that was interesting <laughs> that was interesting it yeah. was like really i felt like early in night one they were really putting the um the the uh the peacock sensors to the test like <laughs> what are we gonna do on this? they had to black out the screen a couple of times it's, yeah <laughs> whoa <laughs> uh, well Oh, that's round one. That's round one. <laughs> Justin falling out, falling out. Erica, where's our score stand after one round, please? After one round, we have a tie between Nate and Justin with three points each. Chuck yet to get on the board, but he will kick off round two. And look at look at him flail his arms, which is a great thing to say out loud during a podcast because it's a visual medium. I've given the Billy Kay arm flail. I didn't know what that was. I haven't, you, you know, I'm not watching the weekly program and brother. Come That's on. fine. That's all good. <laughs> all right, Chuck, we're going to go into NXT for round two. Oh, I, and, I don't get to pick 
the you second get round? To st- no, you do not, sir. Oh, okay. Call me Senpai. Yes, Senpai. On night one of NXT TakeOver, a show that got rave reviews by the following Thursday, it was announced that the women, uh, the woman with the longest reign as both the AAA Reina de Reinas champion and uh, also the longest reigning Impact KO champion was signed to the promotion. Who was that? Oh, do I, do I get points for her Impact name or do I have to know her NXT name? Um, you can give me either one. We'll see. We'll start there. That's my girl, Taya Valkyrie. That is correct. For a bonus point, can you say what her new name is going to be? I cannot remember. I just know it's the promos with the dog that I saw the week before. and was like, this is cute, but what the hell is this? Cute dog, though. Yeah. Shit. Do you by any chance know the name uh, that Ty Valkyrie will be using in NXT? Frankie Monet. That is correct. You steal the bonus question, although not (laughs) the category. What yeah, a no. shitty name, by the way. Yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Taya Valkyrie is a freaking great name. It is. Yeah. But 100%. It is not who she is as a person. And I feel like this will better reflect who she is as a person. And I'm so stupid that the dog didn't give it away, even though Johnny Bravo has had a fake dog on a leash for the last couple of years for her. Um, but it wasn't until the prom, the very last one where you saw the fuzzy boots. And I'm like, oh, shit, that's that's Taya. Oh, she's going to be on NXT next week. How cool is that? So, I mean, can you tell us anything about uh, Taya Valkyrie for those of us who aren't as familiar with her work? I mean, she's got a resume that is amazing. I mean, you call she, her an independent wrestling legend. She does. Um, she is a little bit. She's her, her body type is a little bit like Dana Brooke. She's kind of a, a thicker, muscler, musclier girl. She's a little bit shorter, uh, but she also has the ability to fly around that ring. And she has been the highlight of the knockouts division um, for for years now. So I'm really interested to see in the same way that we get to watch Ty Conti on uh, AEW move from NXT and work with new girls and see if, you know, her style meshes. I'm really interested to see how Taya Valkyrie's impact wrestling career will help or hinder her in an NXT format. Erica, you've been a big advocate of the, the knockouts. Are you a fan of Taya Valkyrie? I, I, I agree with everything that Chuck just said. I mean, she's, she's a, she's a striking physical presence and she's outstanding in the ring and it's you know once again my nerves and anxiety do kick in because it's like i i just i just hope they don't change her too much and try to make her something that she isn't um well i will give them the benefit of the doubt i will give i will give it a chance um but i am approaching this cautiously and i'm hoping for the best because if they just let her be her this is a, an excellent addition to the women's roster. NXT, you know, eventually she will move up. She's she's outstanding. Like it's it's exciting, but I I proceeding with caution. All right, all right. Let's return to the questions here. Chuck, also in night one, we saw a Gauntlet elimination match to become the number one contender to the NXT men's title. Who were the last two men standing in that match for one point each? If my memory serves me correctly, the the winner, of course, was Bronson Reed. And uh, I believe he won by beating Cameron Grimes to the moon. 
Ooh, I am sorry, sir. Oh. I'm sorry. You got one of those two points, but oh, uh, you, did not, you did not complete the circle. So we, we move on to Justin, who I believe is in third place at the, or who has the, the next least amount of less points than fucking Nate right now. <laughs> Can you name the other person um, in, in the final of, of that match? <laughs> uh, was it Isaiah Swerve Scott? If I wrote this question correctly, which is highly suspect at this point, it was not. <laughs> Nate, do you know who Bronson Reed beat in the Gauntlet Eliminator match? I'm pretty sure Justin was just right. I'm sorry. I, I don't want to kill Kefe, but I'm pretty sure that Justin nailed it. I, I remember him beating Swerve Scott. All right, Erica. If you have a second, can you check the internet while we hold some discussion here? Because I have that he uh, he won over Leon Ruff. We had the big man over the little man, mm. but uh, I may be incorrect. Yeah, Ruff thought, was I the thought, first one to be eliminated. Yeah, if I think I'm not Ruff mistaken. was first. Yes, I think it was Ruff first, Scott last. Yeah, son of a bitch. <laughs> So, of this group, including Swerve Scott, Leanne Ruff, Bronson Reed, Cameron Grimes, Dexter Loomis, and even L.A. Knight, who claims the worst title, or the, the worst name in NXT from yeah. a couple of really strong contenders from the last uh, crop. Who do you think? I, I think there's some big star power. I think there are some guys here that in five years, ten years, are going to be big sure. in, in uh, WWE. Who, who is sort of your favorites? Who do you think had the, the most potential? I, I mean, listen... There's absolutely no reason why Dexter Loomis didn't win this damn thing. How long are we going to tell this story with Gargano, first of all? Like, that is the only story being told from the six people involved in this match. That was the title match we needed. Bronson Reed, though, that dude is a superstar. For his size to move the way he does, to go off the top rope the way he does, he is a superstar. I worry for guys like... Uh, you know, Swerve Scott and Leon Ruff, because they are very similar to the likes of Buddy Murphy, Ricochet, Cedric Alexander. And for some reason, those guys don't make it in WWE. This Justin, this Justin Bronson Reed won the gauntlet match last pitting Isaiah Swerve Scott. Oh. Yeah. All right. Nice job, Justin. You'll have to uh, take a point for me. Not I, think I, should be, I think I should be host next week. <laughs> More power to you, brother. Ten questions. Start writing them. Um, I, I agree uh, I, uh, that uh, Bronson Reed is a guy with a ton of upside potential. I, I really enjoy his matches when I see them. Um, I also really like Cameron Grimes. I don't love his gimmick. I don't love his gimmick, but I was a fan of him when he was Trevor Lee. Uh, he has an amazingly varied move set. Like he busts. Uh, he's one of the few dudes who like busts out a, a tiger driver 97 with great regularity. And I always pop when I see it because it's the it's the Pearl River plunge. Who's doing a Pearl River plunge these days? Cameron Grimes. That's who. <laughs> By the way, also L.A. Knight, L.A. Knight, like. I'm so unimpressed with this dude for all I kept hearing about Eli Drake and for the amazing promos that he cuts. Are they giving him the Mr. Kennedy gimmick where he's got the microphone going to the ring? Because like that is death. That is grisly death. 
That is not a good gimmick. And I, I just I'm, I'm waiting to see what I've heard about for so long out of uh, out of the former Eli Drake. Eli Drake was Mike Canellis after the Canellis's left Impact Wrestling. Like Eli Drake, <laughs> he was Ooh, that's not a good. top heel in Impact, but that's not saying much. No, I was horrendously entertained. I believe it was during night one because he wrestled. And then at some point during a commercial break, there was like a car insurance commercial with Ric Flair and Eli Drake. <laughs> and it killed me. I Ugh. laughed my balls off. But I thought this was a great match to feature like all this talent. I thought everybody looked like a million bucks. I think Did LA Knight is going to really be a, like he's going to be a huge fan uh, favorite like in the mid card. Just yeah. the, just the fact that he, yeah, you know, it's infectious and it's perfect for the marks, right? Like it's something yeah. that people are going to have a blast with. Now, I think that in ring he's 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 sort of a Bobby Roode. He's just sort of he's not particularly big. He's not particularly uh, nimble, uh, but he's going to, I think, really pull in uh, fan support despite being sort of a nondescript in-ring worker. Were you going to say something, Nate? I had something, but then I lost it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, shout out to Dexter Loomis the week before for giving me <coughs> excuse me, for giving me something in a battle royal I'd never seen before. Like him just standing in the corner and staring everybody down and everybody too scared to even approach him was really funny. Yeah, that's that's what I was going to say. Did you guys see the bump that that Dexter Loomis took? It was he did an up and over on. It may have been Leon Ruff, but it was like early on in uh, in in this eliminator tournament. But he went up and over with whoever he clotheslined. And he got his foot stuck on the second rope. I, I did see that. And I was like, dude, I I really hope that he's okay. Cause that you could have torn a hammy really easily doing something like that. Sure. All right. We move on to the three point question. If I'm not mistaken, we, we, uh, the, 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 Justin controls the board. That's correct. He does. That is correct. All right. I wasn't asking you, Chuck. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, Thank you. All right, Justin. Uh, here we go. So in 2021, marked this. This one's going to be tough. I may have to do some editing. So give me a second here. Let me. Let me. Oh God, here we okay. go. <laughs> 2021 marked the first time uh, since the uh, inception of the takeover event that we had a, a two-night takeover. Uh, stand and deliver was first recorded uh, in the early 80s by Adam and the Ants, but the far superior version of the song was released on the album Floored by this quintessential 1990s band led by lead singer Mark McGrath. Oh. 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 He gave it away, bitch. Get this right. No, I did. Oh, my. I'm a baby. Fuck. I know Mark You know... This baby oh excuse God. is taken is is only I was taken born like in 1990s. You got five. <laughs> Floyd was released in 1997. Four. One year old. Oh my. Three. Oh, I, forget, I, forget, I forget that Justin's main point of context One. for someone like Mark McGrath is as the star of Sharknado Two. He was the host of Don't Forget the Lyrics. 
That's what I know of Mark McGrath. He was the host of Don't Forget the Lyrics. Um, <laughs> uh, when I hear this, I'm gonna I'm gonna be mad because I, I I know it, but I can't think of it. Fuck. JV's time is up. Uh, Ooh, Erica, me, who, who gets me. to uh, answer this question next? I uh, the the flailing man. Uh, oh come uh, with, on! Give it to the I have less points, don't I? Listen, no, you do not. Oh Listen. okay. But yeah. once Nate is the less obnoxious one right here, and you're giving it to—I mean, shh. <laughs> no, no. Chuck has has the few has the fewest points, so ergo he will get the first shot at it. Ergo, it is the beloved '90s band who also had hits like Mean Machine, Matchbox Twenty, Seconds Down, and uh, Fly. And that would be sure. I'm sorry, your five points, uh, your five seconds are up, Chuck. Oh, <laughs> Nate, can you answer who <laughs> yeah, was in fact? Sure, Ray, man. <laughs> Erica, I'll let you decide who gets those points. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Right. Chuck gets those points. All right. And, named... and before we, before, no, no, you hold on just one <laughs> a minute, Justin. All right. My favorite album of all time is U2's The Joshua Tree. It was released in March of 1987. I was eight months old when that came out. So this bullshit of, I was one, I was one, meh. Time out. Suck it you up. are comparing Suck U2 to shit. Everyone knows fucking U2. No one cares about Sugar Ray. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> You bite your tongue. We all know Sugar Ray is no just an underrated act. We all still love Sugar Ray. To Listen, I'll have you know, my favorite album was recorded in 1959, and I was, was wasn't born until 1984. Who the hell was that? Who, what was it? Dave Brubeck's Time Out. You leptons. Wow. Well, I well. did. You said 1959. It, it wasn't like it was the only album released that year. True. Jesus Christ. I was actually intrigued. Interesting. Learning new stuff every day. Wow. Yeah. I don't know if we have talking points for this shit. Commercial voice by Ving nope. Ray now has Sugar Ray's Fly in it, and he sings, I just want some fries. So, yeah. listen, do we have talking points or no, Shawnee? Come on. I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want burritos, Chuck. <laughs> uh, how about fucking Champa and goddamn Walter? Yeah, that, this is Ooh. match match of the year quality shit right here. Is that yeah. not the highlight of Stand and Deliver? I mean, Stand fuck and yeah, it was. Sure. The, okay, so here's the thing. Yes, absolutely. Walter Tommaso Champa was the highlight of the whole show. And I'm going to tell you why. It was even more so than the clinic that Cole and O'Reilly did at the end of night two. Here's why. Cole and O'Reilly went for like 40 fucking minutes. It yeah. just wouldn't end. And by the end of it, I couldn't care anymore. I, I love those two guys, but I think if they had held themselves to about the 15 minutes that Walter and Tommaso went, they would have had a way better pace. I mean, like, like the only time I woke up during Cole and O'Reilly was the power bomb through the stage. Yeah. And that made me go, oh, shit. The, OK, that this is this is kind of going somewhere. Yeah. But I think that they could have gotten in a lot of that same shit in the same time frame. And the reason that Walter and Tommaso, I think, is so like. It is 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 such a stark contrast. A, it ends with a chop, 
When was the last match <laughs> yeah. that you saw end with a chop? God bless Walter. And because there's yeah. no other dude who could make a chop look like a finisher straight up. It was a logical end to that match, and it was great. And it was tight. It was in a it was in a like 15 minute time frame. Also, I gotta say, Pete Dunn and Kushida. Holy shit. What a fucking match there, too. Um, I, I, I like I liked Kushida's match with Johnny Gargano, but this was another side of Kushida, more like the Japanese strong style meeting the British strong style, which I really liked. I thought these two guys worked together very, very well. You know, I never liked Kushida's matches before. This one, Kushida's matches are too boring for me because they consist of one thing, and that's him consistently going for the armbar. Yeah. That is it. Finally, he, I don't know what, he opened up his playbook finally for this match, which made it so well. And NXT, they got a lot of the results right. A lot of them were good. Love seeing, you know, Cross get the title back. Love seeing Raquel Gonzalez get the title. MSK go over a lot of them. But as much as I love the pace of the of the WrestleMania matches, NXT was the opposite, and they need to get on that pace. The WrestleMania paces that we saw were exactly what they needed to be. We do not need 45-minute matches, even in the main event. The main event should not go any longer than 20 to 25 minutes, with every other match staying under 20. Yeah. That's it. And, and the other ones, the, the lower, lower ones, give me 10, 10 to 12. That's it. We don't need these matches going on for so long. I don't care how long the pay-per-view is. I care that you tell a good story, you get the results that we should, and you give us good moments, and we don't need 45-minute matches for that to happen. What do you, anyone, anyone think uh, that you want to see two-day takeovers in the future, or do you like the really tight two-and-a-half, three hours, four or five matches in and out? I think yeah, I'm a I'm a fan of the single day really tight takeovers. I think it works for m- like around mania season, right? Like I don't know that this worked, but I think it could work. Maybe if they even tied it in a little bit more meaningfully with WrestleMania week or WrestleMania itself. Um I I, I don't know. I I I but I didn't hate the two nights like I appreciated being able to break it up over two nights. Do you appreciate the Peacock Network? Oh, fuck. No, call it the cock. It's horrible. I was getting stuttering towards the beginning of of WrestleMania like like it was just like like every five minutes or so, like hang up for a second. I literally, I had to shut down anything else on the network for it to, you know, have a a pretty solid signal. Yeah. I had the, uh, it would freeze. You could still hear what was going on. And then it finally caught up. Yeah. I had that a couple of times on night two. I had crazy audio issues at the end of night two, like throughout the entire main event where it sounded like as if, you know, the truck or whatever was trying to bleep something repeatedly. And at first I thought maybe that like Eric and I thought like that was it, but it's like, no, 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 the, the odd, like they were having unfortunate audio issues. And I'm mm. like, 
if if we get to the end of this match and we get to the three count and we don't hear pop because of the audio, it's it's just a lost opportunity. So yeah. hopefully they they get that in order. Um, but yeah, not impressed with the Peacock network network so far. But then again, we weren't impressed with the the, the WWE network when it first launched either. So like, That's get fair. it together. You're NBC. You have the technology. Do better. Do better, NBC. You heard it here. Erica, after two rounds, where do our points stand? We got uh, an interesting game heading into round three. We have Chuck in the lead with five points now. Uh, Justin and Nate still tied, but with four points. So, uh, host, who's going to kick off round three? Well, Nate started round one, correct? Then Chuck started round two. So, why don't we... Justin gets round three. Everyone starts around... Let's just be happy we're together. It's fun. (laughs) Wrestling is supposed to be fun sometimes. How beautiful. I know. All right. You you ready, Justin? Did you watch uh, Dynamite? And are you ready to answer some questions about Uh, it? You know what? I did not finish Dynamite, but I looked up the finish of Dynamite and watched the highlights. So I should be okay. I got through most of it. All right. So the first question... um, Chris Jericho had a, a a big promo after the was the the sort of backroom brawl they had last week that uh, upset many people, feeling that it sort of felt like a blow off rather than a transition in this rivalry. Uh, not only did he call the pinnacle the pineapple, including yeah. the turn that I included in the tweet that I gave to Chris Jericho the day that the pinnacle was revealed in which he went over to Sammy Guerrero and was reminded that it was actually pinnacle and not pineapple. Uh, that made me very happy. Uh, but <laughs> also during that, he kept referring to MJF uh, as this. What did the moniker MJF stand for oh. uh, by Jericho's uh, assessment? Was it uh, my Jack? Was it my, oh, fuck. I was more focused on WrestleMania week. I can't, uh, my Jackoff friend, is that right? Ooh, Erica. The correct answer is very close to that, but that is not the correct answer. Should we give it to him? Do you think? I, my uh, jerk off friend, my jerk, my jerk, my jerk off friend. There it is. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just it's. I, look, Nate, it's the gonna, same thing. Nate, I know. Should we give him the point? Oh, wow, I, I'm like this will be the like second I, time that I will have given Justin points on this show. Nate, Nate, I'd like Nate. to remind you that you're probably going to win this all in the end. So why don't you give the baby boy a point? Okay. I'm, Just I'm, give him I, one. I am I am a kind and uh gracious lord. Fine. You may have you really, you, Nate is a Nate's benevolent kind, champion. gracious. He's a benevolent champion. Yes. That's right. Yes. Justin gets the point. Yes. All right. Pineapple versus the inner circle. Uh, Justin, yeah. are you are you into it still, or, or do you think they should have transitioned away from this? Uh, I don't think they should have transitioned away from it. I do like the storyline, uh, but I do agree with something Nate said last week, that that moment of them attacking them, uh, they jumped the gun way too quick on this storyline. That sh- this should have been dragged out a little longer, which is interesting because there's a couple storylines that I'm assuming we'll talk about the other one, um, so I'll shut up on that. But there's a couple storylines of – they're jumping the gun a little too quick for me. And this after Erica 
you know, preached long-term storytelling and I got used to it. And now they're going a little too quick, which it doesn't make sense. So, I mean, it's just, it's not consistent enough for me. I love the story. The match will be good. Everyone involved is great. They'll be able to tell a good story, but I do think they uh, jumped the gun when it comes to progression in this storyline. The 13 minutes of Chris Jericho doing shitty stand-up was fucking insufferable like i get it i get it chris jericho you have wanted to be anything except a professional wrestler you want to be a rock star you want to be a fucking comedian i get it you don't want to be a fucking wrestler so retire retire and go do those things because you trying to be a wrestler while also being a stand-up comedian doesn't fucking work and you look like a tool trying to do it so uh, I don't know. Stop trying to fucking Photoshop your fucking hairline on goddamn Instagram and go and fucking be in front of a live crowd that wants to hear comedy and that doesn't want to fucking see wrestling because then you will get fucking booed out of the building. I guarantee fucking it. I've been on enough open mic stages to know what is going to fucking work roughly and what fucking isn't Chris Jericho sucks. Chris Jericho's comedy sucks. Chris Jericho's music is unfucking listenable. I hate this guy. I don't want to see him on whatever the fucking stone cold show is. Didn't watch it. Couldn't give a shit. Fuck Chris Jericho. Fuck his entire family. I don't want to hear about him anymore. I thought the pineapple joke was hilarious. <laughs> yeah, because he stole it from you. Yeah, because you gave it to him. You know what? You actually, Shawnee, you should be you should you should be as incredulous as I am because he should be paying you royalties for using that fucking joke. You are now a writer for Chris Jericho. And as a writer for Chris Jericho, I appeal for you to, I don't know, uh, unionize or just try to get more fucking money out of them. I don't know. Fuck that guy. (laughs) I hope there's inevitably a Survivor Series style of match between the pineapple and the inner circle, because I feel like it's going to perfectly Isn't that isn't that the blood and guts match that they're going to have like blood and guts is just going to be a free for all like it's just going to be a five on five free for all. But have, we don't know what it's going to be. have been mentioning that it's going to be in the in the vein of uh, uh, war games. games. Yeah. Ooh, interesting. All right. Uh, Erica, what would you have? Um, in kind of to echo Nate's point, you know, it, it's funny. He mentions the whole stand up thing, because once Jericho was finally done, uh, with his segment, uh, my husband and I looked at each other and we're like, you know, Jericho has really got to get this down to a tight five and, um, <laughs> and because it was just after a while, it was insufferable, uh, especially uh, the Jericho in, in wrestling that I hate the most is when he's just really, really trying to get something over that he thinks is going to be great. The MJF thing you could tell in his mind, he's like, this is going to be great. This mm-hmm. is going to be great. And it like Jericho has to realize that his best shit happens organically. A little bit of the bubbly 
was just an off the cuff thing. Let things happen organically. If anyone should know that, it should be Chris Jericho. But chances are he's he gets paid the big bucks. He's been doing this forever. So he thinks he literally knows. And by all means, he knows a lot. And as he should, he's doing this forever. However, someone's got to tell him like, you got to rein it in, buddy. Come on, we can't give you 10 plus minutes to talk every night. It's, it's, it was just, it was a lot. It was a lot. And it wasn't good. Except the pineapple joke. Well, yeah, that goes without saying, though, but come on. I'm telling you, you, you deserve a payday for that. <laughs> I, 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 I got to pop. It, he popped me with that line. I was a big fan. All right. Uh, we saw Sting once again. Who, who, I'm sorry. Who even has the board? I don't even know. Justin. Justin. Baby boy, Justin. That happened. Oh, yeah. We gave it to him. We, gave, we, we threw him a him bone. Him. <laughs> he just asked the question. Could it not be about a 90s band? Huh. All right. Once again, Sting was uh, to be interviewed by Tony Schiavone, only to be interrupted. Um, uh Oftentimes during these segments, we see uh, um, uh, the, the I Like Turtles kid, that little guy, he's sitting up in the rafters. <laughs> Dar- Darby Allen. Darby Allen, yes. Uh, this time we had the Murder Hawk monster came in and interrupted, and he had what seemed to be a couple of cronies of his own sitting in the rafters. Who are these two men who appear to be uh, forming some sort of faction with uh, the Murder Hawk monster, the Murder Bird? Oh, Scorpio and. Uh... Uh, God, he just came in at Revolution. Ethan Page? That is correct. This is very interesting because you sort of split Scorpio off of a trio to have a singles run. You split, uh, or Ethan Ethan Page left a tag team, um, was talking a lot in his interviews about the transition from Impact to AEW that he was looking forward to really digging into his singles character. They're put into a tag team. I'm kind of of the impression that this is probably a, a a way for them to create some kind of steam in to which they'll have a rivalry with one another. And then we'll get to see them really run wild as singles competitors. Are anyone here uh, fan Scorpio sky, Ethan page. Do you have any comments? I'm actually a big fan of both of those guys. I am, but I feel like this story and what we're seeing them together is a result of AEW having way too much talent right now um, because there's no room for a singles run for either one of them right now. There's no room for a tag team run for them together so now it's going to be a long long pace of them just cutting promos sitting in the crowd doing interviews video packages that's it without any big major push a lot of AEW stories go long because of the fact that again they have way too much talent There's no room, so we're going to give you a push, but you're going to have to wait because we got 18 other stories to tell, and then we'll get to you. And that's where I feel like those guys are right now. Don't worry. We're going to give you a push. Just sit back and wait because we got to tell this story, this, 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 and this. So maybe in August or so, we'll get to you. Uh, I'm going to steal a line from Jim Cornette here. They have too many fucking people. Talent is subjective they have too many fucking bodies to feature on a two-hour program that is weekly um you know and 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 again with people like luther there can you really say that they're overflowing with talent 
Um, I, I don't know. I, I'm another faction, really. Like, do we need another faction? We've got how many now? They do um, a lot. Yeah. And 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 I feel it's starting to feel a little bit like like late era WCW with all the NWO factions and, you know, like, yeah, it, it, I guess it would, the, the, the comparison would be a little bit more obvious if everyone was call, running around calling themselves the bullet club. Um, but it's, yeah, it's, it's basically, uh, you know, an entire promotion of factions and, you know, there's almost, no one who gets out from underneath it. I mean, even John Moxley, uh, you know, now has Eddie Kingston hanging around. It'll only be a matter of time before, you know, someone else from the Indies comes in. That's, you know, buddies with them. And then they're, uh, you know, now they're on screen together. It it really just it, it. I've said this before, and and I know that it's been pointed out in the past, but it just really feels like schizophrenic booking, you'll get the same things that happen in between segments. Um, and I, I don't know. It just feels like three entirely separate people are booking the show. I think one advantage that you do get from the factions, and, and of course there are disadvantages as you're suggesting, is that in building to pay-per-views, you don't have to see, you know, for example, a great match at WrestleMania, I think an upside surprise uh, was uh, Matt Riddle against Sheamus. I mean, you never would have convinced me that that was a match that I would have been yeah, that's fair. enthused by. And I thought that the finish was fantastic. Perhaps the, the in terms of spots, the finish of the week was a great spot. Um, but you know, we, we, we'd seen that match already how many times and across WWE, you see those matches over and over and over again. So this way, at least you, you know, you, you pit a faction leader against a faction leader and the build can include matches with the surrounding characters where you can still tell the main story without feeding people the diminishing returns that WWE is just hell bent on, on, I- I think I think you're right. And I think the best example of how this is done is how New Japan has been booking their shows for maybe the last five or six years. And and that's not the same way that AEW is approaching factions. Um, I, I, I loved the way because it really did like with New Japan. It really did feel like, you know, the factions mattered who you grouped up with mattered because that was in a way, defining your spot on the card, right? Like it was, it was, yeah, sometimes the matches that you would have, but a lot of it was who you were partnered up with. I I would say that Will Ospreay got elevated to where he is now because of his relationship with Okada. And you, that's what I'm not seeing in any of these factions. I'm not seeing guys being elevated. Even in WWE, you see Jay Uso being elevated to the main event just by kind of forming a small faction with Roman Reigns. That's not the same thing that's happening here. More often than not, what's happening here is what you get with the Dark Order, where it's now just a bunch of dudes 
who, you know, literally faceless dudes who are interchangeable, who sometimes they throw them out there and have a match. And the, uh, you know, the only one of them who ever gets over is Johnny Hungy. So, you know what I mean? Like it's, and that's because of his personality. But if you stuck him under a fucking mask, would he have been able to, to make that same impact? He was able to get out from under it. I'm not sure that factions are serving the same purpose in AEW that they served in New Japan. And if they're not serving that purpose, I just question why have them. Yeah, I was going to ask you this week, Shawnee, because I know since the inception of the One Fall Show, you've been a huge advocate of factions. I was going to ask you, there are so many factions in AEW. Are you happy with them or is it a little bit of overload for you? Uh, that's an interesting question. And I'm going to actually a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B. Um, yeah. I, I do like for the reasons I said before, I, I think that there are just all kinds of political machinations that you can have with factions, but I entirely agree with Nate that they still haven't found the formula that really works. They're still experience in experimentation mode, which yeah. I love experimentation, but it does make it feel like it's, a, you know, a little bit of a second tier approach to the product. And when, it, when you talk about the, um, you know, um, uh, I, I watch both Elevation and Dark uh, week to week for the most part. And it seems like the, um, the the uh, the the the, uh, the mask jobber faction that uh, Nate was dark, the, dark the dark order for love of God I need to have better scripts in front of me so I can remember this shit Chuck knows this all too well but it's like like every other match is a dark order match on dark and on elevation because there are so many members right. um, you know some factions work really well Team Taz with the exception of Hook who belongs in the body bag that they uh, that Sting pulled them out of once <laughs> uh, I think is a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, we're not seeing like we're, we're, we're seeing all of the politics of the factions being dissension within the factions or seeing a lot of that yeah. same story. Yeah. It's like this, this cascade of one faction after another sort of breaking apart. And we're not actually seeing where being in a faction actually matters. You know, the, uh, the Taz talks about, Hey, if you join me and we can really go somewhere can you because no one's really gone and no one has said yeah. look we we as a faction work together and we 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 got to the top of the card as a result of it we haven't seen any of that yet so who knows now of course once the bullet club thing uh congeals if it does then maybe we'll have some big stuff with the factions but i'm not you know this may just be the 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 the, the, the biz cliz, the elite, the bullet club, it's sort of this ever evolving thing that just sort of every couple of years hits the same beats over and over again. And I'm wondering where, where's the dy dynamic nature of this thing going to come together. And I don't, I don't think Tony quite knows yet either. And I think that's sort of what Nate is speaking to. I, I think the, the building blocks of the factions hold great potential, not yet living up to that potential is my answer to your question, Chuck. All right. Who has control of the board? That's Justin. All right, Justin. Speaking of too many factions and cascading breakups, QT Marshall solidified his, uh, we think, solidified his his escape from uh, from uh, Corey, uh, Cody. Dan Housen calls him Corey, the Corey. Uh, <laughs> and the Nightmare family. Uh, when he and these three uh, members... 
oh, of uh, his newly forming, I don't know what, Apple faction, the Apple boys. <laughs> uh, the Apple Jacks. <laughs> the Apple Jacks. Held a bit of a riot and threw some paint on the old um, Nightmare Family sign. Can you name the three members for one point each of QT Marshall's gang of professional wrestlers that I was not familiar with? going into this question writing session you know i i know i can't because while i'm watching the segment like when i while i watch the segment of them turning on the nightmare family and then watch this promo outside of course qt marshall i was i literally was thinking in my head wait what was his name again they just said it oh yeah and he's okay and he's wait no okay so he's uh, okay i have no fucking idea i couldn't tell you fair fair if i didn't have them written down in front of me i would have no idea and even with them written down i'm only vaguely confident that i know the three people i'm looking for here uh who is <laughs> next in answering this question erica it would be mr nate bender nate bender um, okay uh is one of them nick camarado that is correct okay oh i know that i know one damn it you can um <laughs> Aaron Solo? Bailey's old boy. Yep, yep. Oh, God. Who's the fucking last guy? Dick Togo. No. And, it's not, and, and it's not Anthony Agogo either. Is Barrow it? Yano. Before you go, go. Is it Lee Johnson? Uh, was it? Well, we have an interesting moment once again here, Erica. <laughs> uh, I'm clearly going to have to run the questions by you before we actually get to get. I have Anthony Agogo as the third member. Oh, is down. it really? Okay. Because I, I couldn't remember. I know Anthony Agogo was attached to one of the two things. It was either the, the in-ring thing that happened a week ago or it was the promo, but I couldn't remember. We're going to have to let the fans uh, tell us for sure, because I, I, I'm not loving my game here today. Erica? Uh, it, uh, you know what? I will give, I will give Nate the point, uh, mainly because I was too distracted by the fact that Justin started to sing Wake, Wake Me Up Before You Go-Go, a song that was released in 1983. Before he was born. So, Listen, before he again, was born. No one but cares about Mark McGrath outside of 1997. You People just sung a Wham song on this show, <laughs> yeah. Justin. Everyone you have no song. room to argue with Everyone this. Everyone knows this song. Everyone Wham! There's a halo hanging from my girlfriend's four-post bed. Yeah. You, you at least this know show, every morning. This show I... is off the rails. I just looked it up, and it is Lee Johnson. <laughs> thank you sir you get to write the questions next week you get to be the host <laughs> so either way i was right i guess crushed them yeah, it's crushed them yeah i'm like nate gets that point because justin made me mad for singing a wang or wham song so you're never gonna wang do song? wait what's a wang song i said a wham song I, uh, you slipped and said I wang me... first that's what i heard this show I think I can't said we all way? just have fun tonight? <laughs> I am missing raw. That's Wang Chung you just did. That's not a Wham song. This is I thought you Wang said Fall. Wang. This is the Wang Fall show. Uh, I said I said Wham. 
Either way, I'm Wayne Wang. We've know. been doing this for an hour and a half now. It's true. We're all very tired. I will tell you, going into the final fall, we got a tie between Justin and Nate, still with seven points. Chuck's got five. I, I don't know what you have in store for them. final fall, Shawnee, but it ought to be good. Oh, <laughs> it's not going to be. It's not going to be. I can tell you that much. After what we've dealt with so far. Uh, yeah. I'm going to think of the 90s song, every 90s band. Not so easy, is it, Senpai? I'm not particularly confident that I have the answers for the final fall correct. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <sighs> but I want to I be all I, like I would, game I would like that, to say, yeah, yeah. I'd like to say real quickly, um, I, did, I did the questions for a goddamn year. This is week two for you, brother. Rails <laughs> off. Come on. I'll help next week. Cool. All right. I did. <laughs> what do you got? Anywho. Anywho. So did you guys see that Reno scum has left uh, Impact Wrestling? Yes. Yeah. Any, any, anyone uh, excited fall. to see the next step for Reno scum? Um, I mean, if it's, if it's, uh, uh, you know, if it's WWE, they're going to take those guys and have them coming out in suits. So, you know, I hope they go somewhere where their gimmick is uh, appreciated. Because oh, no. I like I like the I like the listen, I have a I have a soft spot for punk rock gimmicks. That's why I like the riot squad so goddamn much. Um, so I, Reno scum got my attention immediately. And uh, I can't you know, I have to be honest. I've never watched a match of theirs, so I don't know. I don't know how they are as performers, but I love their gimmick. I think their gimmick is awesome. I hope they get to keep it. All right. All right. No idea if they're actually going to WWE or, or anywhere, actually. They're going to American pro wrestling. I don't know. That's right. Hey, shine run. (laughs) All right, everybody. This show has gone very long. So, so, so let's get it to it. We're going to go uh, round robin style. Oh, As go. we stated before, John Cena hasn't been in a WrestleMania since uh, 2002. Uh, during the years that he was in WrestleMania, he had uh, several opponents, many of which I have written down here, hopefully all of them, starting with the person <laughs> with the lowest points. Uh, we're going to go through uh, John Cena's opponents at WrestleMania's. Nice. What is the order that we're going here, Erica? Do we know the, uh, uh, we're gonna the first go, person? Yes. We're going to go Chuck, uh, Justin, Nate. All right. And how, what do you think? Should we give them uh, four points each? Yeah, that sounds good. All right. Why not? We're just, we're just planning the show as we go. All right. Excellent. Quiet, you. <laughs> All right, Chuck. Name an opponent that John Cena has faced. At WrestleMania, The Undertaker. That is correct. He lose a point for the way he said that. Absolutely not. Okay, Justin, you're next. I'm gonna go with the Big Show. Big Show is correct. Nate. Uh, um, The Rock. That is correct. Did face The Rock twice, if I'm not mistaken. 
Although, as we've learned today, I'm probably mistaken. <laughs> Chuck. Uh, Sean Michaels. There it uh, is. Give that answer again. Last person uh, to answer. I'm going to, in the famous words of uh, William Regal, Triple H. That is correct. Nate. Um, let's go with uh, fresh Hall of Fame inductee, JBL. That is correct. And how much fun. I, wasn't it heartwarming to see that he is still an unrepentant piece of crap with his speech? <laughs> I'm so sorry I missed the Hall of Fame. I can't well, believe they showed that highlight. And then, I don't know if you guys saw this, but him and Jerry Lawler just laughing about the fact that they're racist on the yeah. pre-show while talking about the Nigerian drum fight. Yeah, that was that was super cringy. Mm. Yes. Yes. Missed that. Yes. I'm glad I did. Yes. All right, Chuck. The Fiend, Bray Wyatt. That is correct. That is, yeah. Perhaps the Fiend's best match. <laughs> I'm going to go uh, Randy Orton. That is correct. Um, I, see, I don't know. I don't know if this is a right answer, but he faced both Randall Keith Orton and Triple H at the same time. Mm, no, I'm just including the opponents that he faced. Uh, do you want to take another crack at it? Uh, God, now I'm trying to remember who's been named. Uh, uh, Batista. That is correct. Chuck. I'm gonna throw a I'm gonna throw a wild swing here and say Kurt Angle. I do not have Kurt Angle on my list. Okay. Okay. I'm Justin. gonna say the, uh, the Miz. That is correct. We are actually down to only three names, if my list is correct. There have been a couple of tag teams in there, as you noted. Right. Um. Well, I think we somebody already guessed the big yeah, show, though. The, fuck. Um, fuck. I've counted. It's Slim Pickens now. Yeah. Jesus. Uh, Jesus. CM Punk? I'm sorry, that is incorrect. Chuck? Uh, does the Wyatt family count? They do not. Okay. Then I'm, I'm, I'm two shots down. Two shots I'm, down, I'm, that is correct. I'm going to say uh, Rusev. He drove, a, oh. he rode a freaking tank. And if rumors are to be believed, well done. Had sex in that tank. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Hot <laughs> Bulgarian on Russian sex. Little San Francisco. That's oh, a California to, girl. I don't want to think about big sweaty Nero in a tank. <laughs> All right, Nate. According to my list, there are only two names. One of them that I can't imagine anyone's going to get. Do you have a guess? 
Oh, God. I don't fucking know. Zack Ryder? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Nice. That is incorrect. Nice. Favorite Zack Ryder WrestleMania moment? Chuck. <laughs> when he won the Intercontinental title. His only, his one his only WrestleMania yeah. moments. The only thing he's ever done that's relevant in wrestling besides complain about WWE on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, all right. I got one last shot. I'm going to give it to Brock Lesnar. That is not correct. Ow. Chuck has swung for the fences, three strikes, and he is out. Um, I, I, I feel like this is true, and I feel like this might be the one you're, you're saying no one will guess. Maurice? I'm going to give it to you. He <laughs> did have the mixed tag match with uh, one of them, Bellas. Yep. And they faced Maurice. Which shout out to Bailey to uh, make that little jab. That was yeah, a that little was entertaining. That wasn't a great segment, you know, but that was entertaining. Yeah, she got screwed at WrestleMania this year after essentially carrying that title through yes. the early parts of the pandemic, but she still sold the hell out of it. When she went down yep. that ramp, uh she, Oh yeah, that was a good that was a good bump. She's a damn professional and uh I hope that Bailey has a great 2021. All right, one more name, Nate. I don't know if this really? will even affect the score in a way that uh, you don't have to give it away, Erica. We want to watch <laughs> him squirm. Did someone say Bray Wyatt? Yes. Yeah, I grabbed him. Hmm. There's one more name. There is. You know it? I do. <laughs> oh, dude. Uh, uh, Seth Rollins. No, I'm sorry. That is incorrect. That is your third strike. Justin, do you want I to have move? three strikes? So yeah, let's go for uh, it. Three in a row. Rip them off. Yep. Uh, okay. I'm trying to think of who's been named. Um, I know this is wrong, but I'm going to say it. Roman Reigns. Nope. Um, man, I don't know. Uh, he did. He just wrapped at WrestleMania 19. He didn't have an opponent, right? No. No. Uh, Good taste. <laughs> I see what you did there. <laughs> um. Oh wow! I don't know. I can't. Um. I can't think of who we haven't named. Rick. Uh, Rick Flair. No, I'm sorry. It was uh, former WWE superstar forced to retire early due to an injured neck. The rated R superstar oh, Edge. Yep. Wow. When was that? Oh wait. Him, Edge, and Big Show. That's right. Yep. That's right. Damn it. Erica, who won this broken, broken game? <laughs> well, uh, I said Nate was going to win it all. I am standing corrected uh, because our baby boy, our favorite toddler in the whole world, Justin Valentine, won this bitch with 31 points. Nate came in second with 19. Chuck had 17. What a what a show. Whew. Had by all. Man. Good job, Nostradamus. Man, oh man. <laughs> I'd like to thank you all for uh, carrying me through this particular episode. And uh, let's go ahead and wrap it up. Justin, you're the new champion. Yes. Tell us all about it. Take your minute. Grandstand. You know, I'm not one to brag, you know, 
I'm, I'm humbled. I'm happy, happy to be here. Honestly, I so look forward to our Monday night recordings and this just makes it a little bit better. Uh, one thing we didn't talk about much. I want to bring up. I was not expecting Roman Reigns to retain. Uh, I don't know where the hell. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not against it per se until we see where they're going next. Because I am a big fan of the Roman Reigns character, but that did throw throw me for a loop. I don't know where we go from here. Do we give Roman Edge one on one? Do we give Roman Daniel Bryan again? Do we? What do we do? I Edge or Daniel Bryan winning made more sense to me to move forward. I don't, I don't know where we go from here. The only thing I'm thinking is the fact that there's a lot of people and Adam Pierce even is engaging with it that are saying shouldn't have edge had one because edge was on top of uh, Daniel Bryan. I don't know if they're going to use that as an angle and start a Roman edge one-on-one push possibly, but that did throw me for a loop. If we're going to go that route, uh, Kevin Owens locked uh, my man underneath the, uh, underneath a, <laughs> a, a, a pillar that Paul Heyman wasn't. So if we're going to reel things back, right. KO. Yep. yep. All right, Chuck, your second effort. You're doing about as well as I did when I was in, on, on that side of the board. How are you feeling today? Tell us what you think. I would dispute that. I think I'm doing probably better than you were doing because I am exact. I'm competitive. I am up there. I am within points of second and first place uh, both weeks. I want to congratulate Justin on winning the title. I mean, he's got his own podcast that he does, and now he's got the title. Life must be pretty good if you're Justin Valentine because yeah. it's Chuck not Bean great was for the rest podcast. of us. So um, you know what? I'm looking forward to next week, getting back to uh, the weekly show and, and looking at what's in there. And um, yeah, that's all I got. Sugar Ray's a great band. Everybody go check out Lemonade and Brownies. <laughs> And no shout out to my girl Rosemary. Took a kendo stick to the face and some thumbtacks Saturday at uh, Impact Sacrifice event. That was hardcore justice. You're right. That was hardcore justice. Get it right, Chuck. Nate, I apologize. You've lost that. the title. <laughs> You've lost your title. Uh, tell us how you feel. Uh, well, today was a learning experience because uh, here's what I learned is that when I benevolent, 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 <laughs> benevolently thank you when i do that when i hand out points i need to retain control of the board that 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 is what needs to happen from now on or else i just won't i won't bother correcting your inaccuracies sean uh of which there were many this week so yes enjoy your hollow title and your 50 downloads on your podcast i'm sure that those are well earned but I'm going to go and, you know, produce a real podcast with real download numbers. And oh, by the way, oh. I'm not watching wrestling anymore. Fuck this shit. It's all stupid. It's dumb. I'm fuck. I've had it. The fucking the fiend shit broke me. It's no longer fun. They treat me like I'm a fucking idiot and they hate the fact that I keep watching this program. So you know what? I'm just not going to AEW's. Uh, fucking ratings are going to be in the tank three weeks after they get fucking Wednesday nights to themselves. This is all embarrassing and I'm fucking done with it. Strong words from former champion, Nate Bender. Erica, anything that you'd like to uh, perhaps some notes on the show this week? Uh, well, okay. A few things I want to run down real quick. Um, one, uh, addressing Nate's little rant there. It rem- 
it, it, it reminded me akin to Michael Bluth saying, I'm done with this family. I'm done with this family. I'm like, you're going to come back for more wrestling. You know it. You have a sickness just like all of us, brother. We all have problems, okay? We can't quit this shit. Uh, secondly, I'd like to apologize to Shawnee for an attempted joke, but I just ended up sounding like a cunt. Uh, and as soon as it left my mouth, I went, oh, you done did it, kid. You, you stepped in it this time. Uh, lastly, um, I had a coworker go to WrestleMania uh, they were like four or five rows behind the announce desk. They waited until the absolute last minute for tickets to plummet. They got $2,500 seats for like 300 bucks. Nice. Yeah. So um, good for them for watching it, but it's also not, I mean, I, I actually, I'm kind of glad people didn't spend that kind of money to go to WrestleMania during a pandemic. That's crazy. That's absolutely insane. Um, he got some great photos of the night, like just mwah, stellar, stellar images that will be beautiful keepsakes. And, and once again, reiterate, sorry, I was a cunt. Oh, no, wow. I, I, I thought everything was fair game today. I just wasn't on my game and, uh, wasn't able uh, to, uh, to fire back in any kind of effective fashion. All right. So what do we do now? I guess we, 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 we let everyone know where they can find us and we ride off into the sunset. Is that correct? Yes, Justin that sounds right to me. I understand you have a podcast. I understand Chuck Bean appeared on it. Yes, he did. Uh, the JV Sports Talk pay-per-view pod on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Get a few weeks off before WrestleMania backlash, which is now a thing. Uh, so, yeah, that's the next episode, which I believe is about mid-May. Although, uh, Find the podcast on YouTube because I'm actually doing a WrestleMania week uh, re recap video, reaction video, which will include TakeOver WrestleMania, Raw after WrestleMania, NXT, and SmackDown after WrestleMania. Kind of just putting it all into one WrestleMania week recap video uh, that'll be out this weekend. So look out for that. Follow me on social media at JV underscore sports underscore talk and JVSportsTalk.com. All right, Chuck Bean, where can people find you? You can find me on the uh, Nerd Radio Podcast and WRAF.com. You can also find me on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash C-H-Z-U-C-K, playing uh, Rock Band on Sundays and a little bit of Avengers during the week. And, uh, of course, you can find me with Shawnee on the Talk Horror to Me podcast as well, wherever you download your podcasts. Uh, Nate Bender, where can people find you? His mic is muted. He is muted. When he said he was out, he meant it. Wow. All right. Well, I know you can find him in super universe mode. Chuck, can you give us the details on that? I had a lot of fun sitting in uh, the chat room during that, those, uh, those escapades. Oh yeah. If you're like, if, if you're like Nate and you're kind of blown out by wrestling, definitely come by Nate's um, Twitch stream at twitch.tv backslash limit break radio on Saturday afternoons and watch us play a heavily modded, WWE 2K19. We've got a whole bunch of wrestlers from every particular uh, every particular show, including our own wrestlers in the shows, and uh, we have a lot of fun. You can check those videos out at the One Fall Show's YouTube page, and you can watch it live and participate in the chat. And on Saturday afternoons around four o'clock, once again at twitch.tv backslash Limit Break Radio. Oh, I'm looking for some, uh, shout out to uh, T Money 33, the official sponsor 
of Super Universe and Super Universe Mania, right? And also, uh, shout out to, to, to um, Cody Hall, big fan yeah. of the One Fall Show. It is his birthday today as we record this episode. Happy, Happy birthday, birthday, Mr. Hall. All right, I'm Shawnee Constant. You can find me where Chuck said and, and, and wherever I leave the notes and the show notes there at the end. And uh, oh boy, I am going to get the hell out of here and start licking my wounds and preparing for next week. Thanks, everybody. Have a wonderful week and have fun. Be safe and do not fall in the hole. Don't slip on the wet carpeting on the ramp. Erica, do you have any titles for us? I do, sir. By the way, Shawnee, that's how you do a fucking walk off. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. Well Very done. Nice. <laughs> I can't recover off of that, of that one. So, hey, yeah, oh. that deep callback, deep callback there. Yeah, I like Ooh. it. By the way, Viking Raiders back on Raw. Hey, nice. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. So it's uh, it's post WrestleMania, and we're gonna try. Uh, Alexa Bliss got Papa Shango'd Uh, this podcast is a box like structure Uh, that's pretty good I like that still an unrepentant piece of crap (laughs) Uh, big big sweaty Miro in a tank Uh, Sugar Ray (laughs) is a great band and then lastly just once again sorry I was a cunt which I think could really be an evergreen title always yeah just because yeah. true you know true although uh I've learned though that you probably don't want to swear in your episode titles because iTunes Fair. tends to uh algorithm yes. that to hell yes um I, I I threw it out of there as a suggestion uh because it was a theme and I, I am leaning towards JBL, still an unrepentant piece of crap. And I do like, I do like this podcast is a box like structure. How about, uh, how about a podcast on a pole like apparatus? <laughs> yeah, there we go. Pole like apparatus. Podcast on a pole. <sighs> I think between the end of AEW Dynamite this week and now Meltzer finally admitting that AEW has some booking problems. Like I'm starting to see a whole lot of longer standing criticism of problems that have been way longer than just this week start to pop out from like the AEW diehards. Um, And it just like, it's starting to feel like TNA. Like it's starting to feel like when the worm turned on TNA, uh, when it was clear that their MO was to push older ex-WWE stars instead of Samoa Joe or AJ Styles and how frustrated the audience got with it. I'm starting to now see a little bit of that peak out. I mean, you got guys like MJF, Ricky Starks, Eddie Kingston that are fucking stars. Absolutely. Push them. Love John Moxley. Moxley is the only former WWE superstar in that company that should be getting a legitimate push. Jericho can go away. Cody Rhodes can go away. Stop. Those Moxley and the rest. Honestly, the Young Bucks can kind of take a backseat. Put those titles on someone else and have them take a backseat. That ending is exactly what I've been complaining about with AEW and specifically the Bucks for what feels like a year now. Yeah. And it's like, it's like, I, I okay. All right. Your face. I get it. Like, let's, let's go with that. 
And now it's it's just it's back and forth constantly. And, and yeah. like the, like the fiend bit at the beginning of night two of WrestleMania, it was it was soft storytelling in that yes. they didn't really tell us anything because the Bucks didn't commit to Kenny Omega. They sort of it was almost like oh my god I can't stop myself because I'm so torn, right? Like you they've did done not that punctuate. already too. Yeah, a, yeah, exactly, a, a exactly. The story instead of a instead of a fade to black moment. Yeah, it was un- unfortunate. And and my hope is is that now that the bubble is starting to burst or or the the I mean it's I think that's that's maybe a, a drastic analogy but maybe now that the uh you know force field has been penetrated whatever the fuck whatever analogy like they're starting to they're starting to get a few through because like before there was this like force field of like uh in the the audience insulating the promotion from criticism because there was so much automatic defense because I think so many people really wanted there to be an alternative to WWE and wanting it to be good. And what my hope is, is that now that people who are fans are starting to realize the shortcomings that some of those, those pieces of criticism will work their way up to people who actually make decisions uh, about the way that they're programming their their show. I have to admit that I'm sure creating a wrestling product in the middle of a pandemic is difficult. You don't get the automatic response that you need to from the audience. AEW, though, has had fans back in there for quite a while, and those fans are being as vocal about the bad shit that they're seeing as anyone online is. So I have a hard time believing that they're that uh, that like that the criticism isn't just getting there, that they're actively denying the criticism. So hopefully oh. this will make them sit up and pay attention. Well, and here's here's the thing. I way back when before they had dynamite and they were just doing one show every few months or whatever, and everyone was freaking out, I said, listen, doing a weekly show, pandemic aside, doing a weekly show is a whole different fucking ballgame than doing one show every few months, and they have struggled to do a weekly show, which is why I know we complain about WWE. I know, Nate, you're sick of WWE. I get it, but they get it a hell of a lot more than AEW does. I'm not saying they're great. They're not, but they understand it a hell of a lot more than AEW does. And it's, it's, it's disappointing because in my mind, there's no reason why they should have this problem. Yeah. And Tony Khan needs to sit back and write paychecks and let the people who actually know wrestling make the decisions. They need to hire a booker. Like, to be honest, uh, I, I really think that they need to hire a booker because like, I, and, and listen, all credit to Tony Khan where it's deserved. He did a great first year. Like, I think that first year was really like there was some really compelling stuff and they sold a shitload of pay-per-views. You can't ignore that. Right. But I think that they need to get someone in there who. And and this is this is just, you know, maybe it's a bit of projection on my part, but like it seems to me like Tony Khan is very interested in serving all three of the factions the actual backstage factions that exist there being Cody and Brandy, uh, the Young Bucks and Kenny. Those are the three, the three big ones. And the Young Bucks and Kenny are on a way better working relationship 
than Cody is with anyone else. So I, I don't know if you've heard the scuttlebutt, but there have been some backstage emails that have been leaked between Cody and the Young Bucks, and they are not kind. They are not. That's not. It's not. It does not seem like a functional working relationship. So what I think they need is they need someone who's not going to be bound by any of the backstage politics and trying to keep the web of drama together. They need someone who's in there focusing on how to produce the best show, not how to, you know, uh, put bumpers up so somebody doesn't get a bruised fucking ego. Yeah, like it's just there's there's a lot there's a lot of cooks in the kitchen and and, and the things that are known to happen in backstage and wrestling appear to be happening. I haven't heard about this email business, but I mean, I'll totally look into it. Yeah. Look, um, look it up. Cause uh, I've heard it mentioned uh, a couple of times and, and seen a few screenshots. So, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, I mean, that's um, I mean, no, no production like this is ever going to run smoothly. People are going to butt heads every now and again. That's, that is expected. Um, but they're just, you know, like last week's ending, I hated it. I was not a fan of it at all. I didn't see anyone who liked it. They had literally, they had literally just done it. I'm like, why are you, you just did it. (laughs) Like, what are you doing? And, and it's, I mean, yeah, just to beat a dead horse, but you know, I I love factions too, but they gotta, they gotta sort it out. Um, Factions need to benefit people. Like the fact that like Santana or like guys like Santana and Ortiz aren't elevated more yeah. is inexcusable. Agreed. You know, and it there's uh, they, they got to figure it out. A lot they of tightening up to do. Yeah. yeah. You know, I think the, the benefit of the grassroots operation is that you do have a lot of cooks in the kitchen and people are cooking their own meals. I love that the performers are getting to tell the stories the way they want to, but somebody has to help Tony Khan organize everything in a way yeah. and that makes also sense, yeah. create a tier system like okay we're not all equal here like somebody's yeah. making more yeah. money how do we how, how do we push people to the moon that deserve to be how do we respectfully pull people how do we give the old shepherd hooks to these yeah. people who you love in a family sense you know you're a mom and pop organization if you let uh you know cousin bozo over here continue to suck up tv time when you have better people waiting in the wings which they now do right 100 like the, the, the locker right. room is, is chock full and and uh, you know one of the things that wwe does and i and i don't think i've been that uh aware of it until now but one of the things that wwe does really really well is staggering their pro their programs and staggering their feuds so that they hit peaks and troughs at different times so in maybe one raw or one pay-per-view you'll get two feuds that peak and two feuds that trough Mm -hmm. whereas in aew it is all built around pay-per-views so the pay-per-views are all peak and it makes the the weekly show just sort of feel like you're spinning your wheels a little bit. Like, like to me, it feels like if I tuned in for the next AEW pay-per-view that I would know everything I needed to, and I would have missed nothing. You know what I mean? And like, that's not a good, like, that's not good for like a week over week, you know, uh, show. Jericho fight tight five minutes. That's I think we all agree on that too. My yeah. God, so, Charlotte someone's looks got a, fantastic. Jesus. Yeah, someone's got a tight five. That's it. Yeah. No more Hi, meandering promos. Yeah. No I, more I thirteen. Guys. No I'm more sorry, thirteen minute fucking Jericho yeah. promos. Yeah. Have a good one.